And I'm going to begin at the 11th verse. And I'm going to end at verse 14. St. Luke chapter 17, beginning at verse 11, ending at verse 14. And Father, we thank you that our hearts are open to hear you on today and to hear what the Spirit has to say in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. And the word of God now reads, And it came to pass, as he went to Jerusalem, that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go show yourselves unto the priests. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. I want to talk about taking Jesus at his word. Taking Jesus at his word. I'm telling you, God know what to do and he know how to do it and he know when to do it. So I don't interrupt God. What about you? We just want to hear what God has to say unto his people on today. He said, taking Jesus at his word. We see that Jesus come into Samaria and there were 10 lepers. And these 10 lepers, they stood afar off, but they cried, have mercy on us. So the first thing that God was showing me in this passage that all of us have to learn to do, or maybe some of us have come to the point in our life where we're doing it. We have to come to Jesus. And when we come to Jesus, we got to quit looking at where we've been or what we've been into or who we've been with. We have to come to him just as we are. And that's how these lepers did. See, a leper was somebody that could not be amongst anyone. They were separated. They were put into their own community. So nobody could be around them and they could not be around anyone. And sometime in our lives, we have things that's going on that we isolate ourselves. We isolate ourselves from people because we say we just don't fit in with them. They're better than we are. Or sometimes the enemy make us feel that way. I can't be around this one. I can't be around that one because they're better than I am. They'll figure me out. They'll find out what's going on in my life. So we separate ourselves. Not that we want to be alone, but we feel like this is just how my life is. So these lepers, they were separated under the Old Testament, the, the priest had to announce them clean. And until the priest announced them clean, they could not come amongst anybody. Can you imagine being separated from family, being separated from friends? Don't have nobody except the ones that's just like you. I'm here to tell you that when you come to Jesus, you come to Jesus because you know he has what you need. So these lepers came to him saying, I know that he can have mercy on us. I know that he can heal us. And this is what God is saying in the midst of this room today. Do you really know that you can come to Jesus? No matter what the situation may be, no matter what anyone else have told you, do you know that you have a father who can? Do you know that you have a father who made a way out of no way? So it don't matter how bad it look. It don't matter how people perceive you. When you come to him, he's your antidote. He has everything that you need. Look at your neighbor and say, you can come to Jesus. Come on, look at him again and say, you can come to Jesus. Say, he will in no way cast you out. 
Oh, y'all, that's a good thing. See, your friends will cash you out. See, in school, they put you by yourself. Don't hang around him. He's a geek. He's a nerd. Don't hang around her. Nobody want to be around her because she's a prostitute. She do all kind of stuff. But I'm here to tell you when you come to Jesus, he don't look at what you done, how you done it, or when you done it. The only thing he, he has done is save you from everything that you will ever do, past, present, and future sins. He will no way cash you out. Why am I going over this over and over? Because there's still some rejection in the room. People feel so rejected. They feel like they cannot meet the standards of other people. They cannot do what other people do. So they feel like they are cast away. But I'm here to tell you, you were accepted in the beloved even before you were acceptable concerning Jesus Christ. So these lepers, they come to Jesus And they knew Jesus had what they need. They knew that we can trust Jesus. See, when you come to him, you're saying, I can trust you. How can I trust Jesus? Because they heard about Jesus. This is why the gospel of the kingdom need to be preached. It need to be proclaimed. And I'm feeling in my spirit, some of us think that we're giving people what they need. But unless you give them what Jesus preached... What Jesus proclaimed, you're not giving them what what they need. First of all, you got to understand that if you are not in the place to receive what Jesus have, how are you going to give somebody something, oh, there it is, thank you, Holy Ghost, that you don't even have yourself? Or you're not even sure of yourself. See, we're out here preaching, but we're not preaching kingdom. We're not preaching the gospel the way the gospel need to be preached. We're out here condemning, telling people they got to do this or they got to do that before they can be saved. I'm here to tell you the only thing they have to do is accept what Jesus is bringing unto him. Once you accept him, guess what? You got the kingdom. There's no way you can get the kingdom not unless you accept Jesus Christ. See, we're trying to say, I have accepted him, but we don't even know what we have accepted. Because when you accept Jesus, change takes place. You're not the same no more. You don't want to do what you used to do no more. You're not even acting like you used to act no more. If nobody want to hang with me, it's okay. Because I came to a man who loved me for me. See, some of us are in relationships trying to find love in the wrong places you can't get it in a man you can't get it in a woman because I'm here to tell you one day that man and that woman as my granddaughter say is going to disimpate you that's what they're going to do they're going to disimpate you she tried to say disappoint but she said they're going to disimpate so I'm here to tell you they're going to disappoint you we spend so much time with people We invest so much into people. Come on, I I don't even need an amen on that because I know that's amen. It is so. We spend so much time getting to know people. Come on, most of our lives, even from coming out of the womb, guess what? We have a bond with that mother. We have a bond with that father. We have a bond with our brothers and sisters. And we stay in the same house and we get to know them. And the more we get to know them, we trust them. No matter how they treat us, we still know we can trust them because they're our brother, they're our sister, they're our mother, they're our father. And then we get to meet our aunts and our uncles and our cousins and all our other relatives. But I have learned the more time you spend with the individual, the more you relate lie on that individual the more you trust that individual so these lepers heard about Jesus 
And evidently they had to hear something good in order for them to come to Jesus. Because see, they didn't even supposed to be amongst people. That's why the Bible say they stood afar off. But they knew Jesus had what they needed. So God is saying in this house today, the only way you can take him at his word is first of all receiving his word. And some of us have not truly received the word of God. Why? Because when situations pop up in our lives, who do we go to? Who do we depend on? Who do we call on first? When we have a relationship with Jesus and we have accepted him and we have received him, then that's who we're going to talk to. That's who we're going to go to. That's who we're going to wait on. We're going to say, God, I'm not moving until you speak. God, I'm not moving. I'm not doing nothing until you speak to me. God, I need to hear what you got to say. And when we was in praise and worship, I can hear God say, people are hearing me from a distance. People hear me for a distance. I'm far off to them. I'm not close up. I'm at a distance in their lives. So when they call on me, they don't even hear me because they have put me on the back burner. Y'all, it takes relationships. It is more than just being saved. You have to know who you are now that you are in Christ. And once you know who you are now that you are in Christ, you begin to develop your relationship with Christ. Come on, nobody just start out dating overnight. They spend that time together. They even know how that person breathes. They even know when that person is upset because their voice changed, right? They ain't talking like they used to talk. They ain't acting like they used to act. They even know when you're falling asleep on them. Well, I'm going to let you go because it seems like you just don't want to talk no more. But see, this is how it should be with Jesus. This is how a relationship should be with him. It should be more stronger than it is with a man and a woman. Let me say it again. It should be more stronger than the relationship we have with a man and a woman. We should hear him above them. And if you don't hear nothing but that man and that woman, then you haven't really developed your relationship with Jesus. Because if you're waiting on somebody to do something for you, I'm going to tell you, keep waiting. Because man will change their mind. They mean well, but then they will back up on you and say, you know what? I wanted to do it, but I couldn't do it. But I'm telling y'all, I met a man that when he said it, He already did it before it even took place. Y'all got to hear what I'm saying. The man that I met, when he told me something, it was a done deal. I didn't have to question. I didn't have to do anything to get it. The only thing I had to do is accept what he had. And the thing is, some of us in this room, we haven't truly given him our heart. See, when you give somebody your heart, I'm going to tell you how it feels. I'll give you an example. In dating, you start dating. You believe that's the one. Can I get a witness? More time you spend with them, you wonder. Can I get a witness? It's easy to date way off and not spend so much time. Because the more time you spend with a person, the more you say, Lord, what have I done? Because that's the time you getting to know that person. You feeling that person out. You know their ways and you saying, I don't like that about you. You're going to have to change that if you're going to be with me or there ain't going to be no more me. 
So that person is trying hard as they can to change the way they're living or to change the things that they're doing because you're spending that time with them. So the more time you spend, the more time you get to know that person's ways. And the more time it has you to think about, do I want to spend the rest of my life with this man or with this woman? Is this the one that's supposed to be in my life? Have you ever thought about that before you get deep into a relationship? See, because the first thing you got to do is say, God, everything that's coming at me ain't for me. Look at your neighbors. Everything that's coming at you ain't for you. Say everything that's breathing on you don't mean it means that it belongs to you. Come on, they can be breathing some infectious stuff. You got to be careful who you let breathe on you. You got to be careful who you let come up on you like that. Don't say back up, back up, don't come at me like that. Uh-uh, not up in here. So we got to know that this relationship that we have with him got to be above all relationships. Let's just stop. Let's, let's just do this. Ask yourself, is the relationship I'm in above God? Some of us, it's easy for us to say no. Some of us, we have to think about it. Because if that person disappoints you, You hurt because they took a part of you. This is how it's supposed to be when it comes to Jesus. If you're in relationship with him, when you mess up, you're supposed to feel some pain. You're supposed to feel something behind that, what you've done. Is that not right? You're supposed to have some remorse to say, no, 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 no. That wasn't right. Forgive me. And then I'm going to turn from what I'm doing. See, when you're really in love with Jesus, you don't keep doing what you do. You turn away. When you, let me say it again. When you're truly in love with Jesus, you turn away from what you do. You don't continue doing what you do because it feels good. See, this relationship with him is not about a feeling. See, we got to understand that when we worship him, we worship him in spirit and in truth because we are a three-part being, spirit, soul, and body. So our spirit is the real us. It's the real me. So that means I have to connect with the real me. And the only way I connect with the real me is through the word of God. And if you ain't connecting through the word, you really ain't made a connection even though you're born again. Because they're supposed to be changed after 20 years. They're supposed to be changed. You don't supposed to be doing what you used to do a year ago. People supposed to know truly you change. And you only have to tell them you change because your lifestyle is going to represent change. So getting back to these lepers. These lepers come to Jesus because they knew he had what they need. They didn't look at them being a leper. They looked at the man who can change the situation that was going on in their lives. Y'all, I'm telling the Holy Ghost, I'm feeling the Holy Ghost because I'm telling you, God is about change. God is about transformation. God didn't want you to be the same way that Adam left us. 
He wanted change to come. He wanted us to have life and have life more abundantly. And I want to ask you, who's lying to you, telling you it's okay for you to be the way you are? Who's telling you it's okay to do what the word tells you not to do? Who's filling your mind through that with that stuff? See, when you attach to someone, give you an example. When a man and a woman come together, they're one. They're one. This is why you have to wait on your mate. Thank you, Holy Ghost. People don't like for me to talk about this. I'm going to tell you why people don't like for me to talk about it, because it's getting too good to you. When God created male, see, I'm still talking about taking him at his word. When God created male and female, he created them for a reason. Not only for them to have authority over this earth, but for them to become one, to come in union. Why? For them to mate. For them to repopulate the earth. But they had to be married. They had to be in union. So tell me who took out of the Bible that it's okay to sleep around with any and everybody that you're not married to. Tell me who took that out of the Bible. Because my Bible still tell me that fornication is a sin. And I got to take the word for what it is. Because if I don't take the word for what it is, this is how sickness comes. This is how disease come. This is how things come because we want the feeling, but we don't want to deal with the after effect. Then we want to call on Jesus. But one good thing about my Lord and my Savior, he's still a healer once you're willing to turn. That's how I know I can take him at his word. Because even when I mess up, y'all, God has already delivered me from what I messed up from. He knew I was going to mess up. He knew the day. He knew the hour, the second, the minute. He knew. Here come the day. She's getting ready to falter. But I already made a way for you, baby. He said, just accept the way. Y'all, it's so easy. It's so easy. If we would just do what the word tell us to do. These lepers, they got tired of being outcasts. Is there anybody in the room that's tired of being an outcast? See, leprosy represents sin. And this is why it's used so much in the Bible. Because sin will kill you. Sin will leave you as an outcast. Sin will isolate you. It will separate you from God. And God said, I don't want you to be no more separated. So I'm going to make a way where you can come to my throne boldly with confidence and assurity because of Jesus, not because of you, not because of what you will ever do. I'm going to make a way through my son. But the only way you can come is through him. It's not through you. Because what you're doing, you can't fix it on your own. See, it has to come through my son. He's the door. And once you get through the door, guess what? You got other benefits by coming through the door. But you can't get none of it, even though it's already there, until you accept what he's already done. Look at God. Look what he's done for us. So these lepers, I'm tired of being isolated. I'm tired of being the way that I am. I like how... 
when Paul was talking to the ones in Thessalonica, he began to give them the word, give them the good news concerning the kingdom of God, concerning what Jesus done for us in order for us to be a part of this kingdom. Lord, I thank you for Jesus. Because if it wasn't for Jesus, I could not partake in what God has already provided for me. So I had to accept him in order to be a partaker of the kingdom and get everything that the kingdom has for me. So these lepers, they didn't want to be isolated no more. They didn't want to be by themselves. So the only way that they knew that Jesus could help them, they heard about what Jesus had. See, somebody had to be talking. That's why the ones in Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians 2.13, they received the word of God, not as man's word, but as God's word. And as they received that word, the Bible said the word worked effectually in them. It was operating in them because they believed. See, when you hear this word, you should take this word not as my word, but as his word, which is the word of God. He is the word. Can you imagine, y'all, Jesus walking? The word is walking in the midst of them. The word has everything that they need. The word didn't bypass no sickness. The word didn't bypass any uh, demonic spirit. Whatever was going on in the midst, when the word was there in the midst, the word healed, delivered, and set free. Oh, can you imagine? all of that around you so these lepers heard about Jesus they heard about how he um, healed delivered and set free so hey when they heard about it faith come by hearing hearing come by what the word of God so when they heard they said we're not only gonna hear we're gonna do based on what we heard we're gonna come to Jesus so I'm asking you today before I even go on with the rest of this teaching are you willing to give him your all are you willing to say, God, take all the skeletons that's in my closet. God, everything that I'm, that I'm hiding, everything that I'm doing. God, everything that you know about. God, I'm willing to give it all to you. Because God, I don't need it no more because I have you. See, we got to be honest with ourselves. I always say, let's quit playing church. Some people think, you know, I'm speaking in tongues and I'm prophesying and I'm telling people something. Oh, I'm good. The Bible say everybody that say, Lord, Lord, don't know him. You got people out there doing all kind of mess and people think that they know Jesus. See, if you were in your Bible, in the word, the way you need to be in the word, you would know the deceivers when they're coming. See, some of us get so infatuated with man, we don't see what's behind man. Let me say it again. You get so infatuated with a pastor, with a teacher, with a prophet, that you think that everything come out of their mouth is true. I'm getting ready to tear it down. Everything that come out of their mouth, sometimes it is deception. It's manipulation. It is control. And that's witchcraft. But what we do, we are so lazy. We are so into ourselves that we don't take the time to get the word for ourselves. So we take the first word that somebody gives. And we take it as truth. How do I know? Because I've done it. How's a lazy Christian, y'all? I just want to be set free quick, fast, and in a hurry. I have time to open it up for myself. What about you? See, what I did, every prophet that come in town, I find out where they were at. And we went, didn't we, Jennifer? And we sat right there on the front row, making sure we were seen. 
And when they delivered the word, I'm sitting there like this, y'all. Y'all know how you do. You want somebody to give you a word and you hollering amen uh, louder than anybody else, making sure that they hear you so they can give you that word. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Went past me. See, the Lord was protecting me right then. Went past him. I'm like, don't you see me? Give me something. (laughs) Say something to me. Give me something. Y'all know what I'm talking about. So the word just went past us. But I remember one service we went to. Went way out there. We saw a man that say he looked like Jesus. Had some, they uh, carrying his sandals and he walking the floor like this right here. And he just prophesying, telling everybody, that's the day I ain't want to be seen, y'all. I just want to be left alone because I knew this man was tore up. And then he stopped. He said, you, I'm going to read your mail. I was already mad. I said, read it. <laughs> I ain't received not one bit of they were serving food that day, y'all. We love to eat. We got up out of there. No, we don't want nothing today. We left. That was the last time I chased the prophet. You know why? Because God said, the word that I have for you, you're going to receive that word from me and me alone. He said, you got to spend time in the word for yourself so you will know what truth is. Y'all, everybody that has a name of prophet, a title of a prophet, don't mean that they're a prophet. Everybody that prophesied don't mean that they're a prophet. You have the gift of prophecy that means that you can build up you can encourage but that don't mean that you're a prophet so you have to be careful when people put prophet in front of their name when you look at their lifestyle and a prophet stays in the face of God a prophet introduces you to Jesus because they're in his face they're hearing what he has to say you can't take everybody at what they're saying because if you ain't in it yourself, you're going to be deceived. But these lepers, they knew that Jesus had what they needed. So they cried out to him. And this is how it should be, y'all. We got to have such a relationship with the word that it don't matter what nobody else say. We ain't going to move. This is why God is saying in this room today, how close are you to me? How close are you to me? Are you close enough to me that when I say no, no still means no? Are you close enough to me that that when you pull a promise out that word that is always yes and amen? Are you that close to me to know that when I say be still and know that I'm God, you still and you know that I'm God because you develop in that relationship more? Are you so close to me that when I tell you don't go there, you don't go? Are you so close to me that when I say sever that relationship, you sever that relationship? Are you so close to me that I tell you you will not marry? Go in the word. The prophet said, God, use you want to be a prophet? See who they were hooked up with. Oh, what, what did I hear? Times have changed, apostle. We ain't under the old. Now we ain't under the old no more, right? No, we're not under the old. But guess what? When God uses you, he's going to use you. And he's going to use you to the fullest. But in order for him to use you, guess what you got to do? Let go of you. That's with all of us. It don't mean that you have to have a title, but that means that you got to let go of everything and everybody and say, God, it's no more about me. See, that's where we have to be with him. And when we're willing to let go of everything, God will begin to trust us. 
he will begin to speak to us like he's never spoken to us before. And we can say, yes, Lord, your servant do hear you. Come on, Samuel had to be separated. He had to be put with Eli. And guess what? Eli was a priest. See, Samuel was carrying um, priests and he was carrying prophet. So he had to be set with the priest. And God put him with a priest that his own sons wouldn't be obedient to him. But God knew Eli can raise Samuel up because Samuel's going to be obedient to my word outside of Eli. Samuel's going to do what my word is telling him to do. And yes, Samuel did it. Samuel walked according to the word. See, that's why your lifestyle have to reflect the word of God. Say what you want to say. If you ain't living according to this word, and if you can't turn away from what you're doing, something is wrong. You need to check your heart and say, God, what is stopping me from doing what you would have for me to do? So the next thing was, they come to Jesus. So today, we need to be open and honest and say, God, I can come to you. No matter what I do, see, some things are done, swept up under the rug. You say, nobody don't see it. But guess what? God sees it. God know what you do in darkness. He know what you do in broad daylight. See, sometimes people go do stuff at night thinking nobody ain't watching. But God sees you. He already know what you're going to do before you do it. And guess what? Even your thinking, what you're thinking about that's perverted, God already know. That's still sin. So you got to change even your thinking because if you don't change your thinking, you're going to end up in the act. And then you're going to be subjected to that and you're going to tell people it's okay. It's not okay. Get mad at me all you want. It is not okay. Sin is sin. And when you come to Jesus, you saying you have washed away all of that, made me free from that. And if I'm in relationship with him, I wouldn't want to go back to filth. Yo, that's unclean. The lepers were unclean. They had to say, unclean, unclean. Why? Because people could not be around them because they were unclean. That's why they were put out of the camp. So God is saying today, when you come to me, come to me knowing he has everything that I need. I can't do it by myself no more. So they came to Jesus and God began to um, show me this. After they come to Jesus, they were standing afar off. And then that next verse tells us that he said unto them, go, show thyself unto the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. So what did they do? They were taking him at his word. They didn't question nobody. Y'all, this is where we supposed to be in the body of Christ. Just when the water had to be turned into wine, what did Jesus say? He said, put water in those um, cisterns, and they did it. Mary, the first thing that Mary said, everything he tell you to do, whatever he says, do it. See, that's how we know we can take him at his word. We don't question God. Why is it that we question God, but we don't question nobody else? We just take him at their word. You know why? Because if you spend time with a person, just like if I spend time with my husband and I spent time with him for 24 years, I know him. I know his ways. I know what he's going to do or how he's going to do it. Even when he ain't saying nothing, I know what's going on with him. And that ain't using the gifts of the spirit. <laughs> That's just being around a person, knowing what that person do. So if that man begin to change and I see things that's changing around him, I'm saying, uh-uh, something ain't right. Something's up. 
you need to tell me what's going on because something, something just ain't right because I have spent time with him. But when my husband says something to me, I don't take a second guess. I just take him at his word and I go on because I've been with him, Tanya, for 24 years. So I know if he say, this is what I'm going to do. Okay, this is what your daddy say he's going to do. We're going to trust that he's going to do it. Y'all, I'm not even going to ponder on it. I'm just going to go ahead. I ain't going to have no restless nights. My husband said it. He's going to do exactly what he said. But when the day come for it to be done, and he come to me, and he say, you know what? This is what I wanted to do, but something come up, so I could not do it. Do I look at him and say, you a liar? No. I look at him and say, you know what? I appreciate you coming to me and telling me that you could not do it at this time. I'm going to still trust the man because the man wasn't still trying to do something that he knew he couldn't do in his ability. But I'm going to trust God more to know that when he told me he was going to do it, the Holy Spirit's going to say it is in him to do it, but he's not going to be able to do it at this time. So don't get disappointed when you see it not being done. So the Holy Spirit is going to prepare me for what's yet to come. That's why I need the Holy Spirit, because if I'm leaning on this man and this man disappoint me, I'm going to be mad and all stuff is going to break through in our house. And I'm going to say, liar, liar. You shouldn't have told me something you weren't going to do. But because I know him, because I spend time with God, then I can still love that man because the Lord is going to let me know, put no trust in man. So God is saying, you got to let go of whom you're holding on to. You putting people before you putting me. You can't put no one before you put me. If you're going to take me at my word, take my word and go on trusting that it's already done. See, this is what I like. Those lepers heard so much about Jesus that when they came to him, can you imagine, Manny, full of sores, full of leprosy, and you're going to come to Jesus, and you're going to cry out, and Jesus is going to say, go your way. Come on. Y'all be for real. Looking toe up like that, Mika. You're going to go your way looking like that? Come on, like Naaman. Neiman didn't want to dip seven times, did it, in a dirty water. He didn't want to go into the Jordan. He wanted to go into a river that, you know, befits him because of who he was. He had to let go of that pride. And when he let go of that pride, he dipped, he come up clean, did he not? Because guess what? When um, Elijah gave Neiman the word, Neiman didn't want to take that word. Neiman didn't want to take it because he said, uh, why couldn't he come out to me? See, that's where some of us are today. Like if I send you a word, this is how it is in the church. If the pastor don't show up, we got to fire the pastor. But if I send somebody with the word to give you the word, guess what? I don't have to be there. But people get so mad because if the pastor don't show up, I ain't going to be healed. See, something's wrong with you. Because if God's in you, Guess what? The word is already there. And if God used somebody to send you the word, let me give you an example. Remember the centurion? When the centurion's servant, he was tormented. He um, had, um, he was tormented and the centurion came to Jesus and Jesus said, I'll come heal him. He said, no. He said, just speak the word. And my servant shall be healed. See, the problem is, if we don't have relationship with this word, even when somebody's speaking it, it don't do nothing for us. Because we don't have a relationship with the word. These lepers heard the word. They had faith for the word. So when the word spoke, they did what the word say do. He said, go your way. Go show yourself to the priest. Come on. They started walking. They did what he said. And guess what? It happened. 
This is how it's supposed to be with us, y'all. Don't go into this word if you don't believe it. If you believe what the word says, you're going to do it. The Bible said don't only be a hearer, but be a doer of the word. We tell so many people, I believe. I believe what God says. But when you ain't doing it, you don't believe it. You got to do it in order to know that you believe it. Hear and do. So those lepers did that. And then God began to show me another man in John, um, the fourth chapter, where his son was at the point of death. Or his son, yeah, I believe it was the son. He was at the point of death and he came to Jesus to heal his son. And Jesus told him to go his way. And the man went his way and guess what? When another man come to him, he said, when did my child get healed? It was the same time Jesus told him to go his way. Come on, y'all. We got to get to the point that we hear the word more than we hear in our situation. You cannot hear the word if you're not in the word. You're going to keep trying to follow people to get something that you already have. You got to get the word in you. And when you get the word in you, when situations come up, the word is going to come out of you and you're just going to go your way. You ain't going to look for nobody. You ain't going to try to fix nothing because you know the word has already fixed it. I want to know, do we have people in this place that can go our way? That won't even look another way. If God said it, I believe it and I'm going to stand on it. Let me tell you how I come up with this. One day I had... um woke up and I was going through something and I was standing there and I was sweeping the bathroom and the scripture come up in my spirit and this is what God told me he said if you believe me he said walk in what you know I said okay God he said if you believe me walk in what you know so I got my mind off of what was trying to attack me and I began to walk in what I knew I began to walk in healing I began to say by his stripes I was already healed healing is the children's bread and then the Holy Spirit stopped me he said wait a minute he said you already know what the word is saying he said thank me like it's already yours he said begin to thank me you know walk in it but thank me that you already have it he said you know that you're already healed so just thank me for what you already have and I begin to say thank you Lord I am the healed of the Lord I am who you say I am healing is thank you Jesus y'all went through the day just that quick he said walk in what you know he said, if you walk in what you know, you can thank me because if Manny give me something, I'm not going to debate, is it mine? Thank you, Manny, and I'm going to live like I have it. He said, we're not living like we have what we have from him. When you know what you have, you walk in it. You've taken him at his word. You're doing what his word tells you to do. We're wasting time, y'all. God said we're time wasters. How do I know that? We're spending too much time trying to figure out why this ain't happened yet. They didn't worry about it. The lepers, they had those sores, but they just walked on. They took Jesus at his word. And the Bible said it was one leper that when he saw that he was healed. But how did he get that healing? He walked in what he knew. He took God at his word. And when he saw that he was healed, he came back and he glorified him. He came back and he gave him thanks. And Jesus said, wasn't there ten of you? Where are the nine? I'm getting somewhere. See, the ones that half-heartedly, you know, went on and was obedient to him, they didn't have him in their hearts the way the other one did. 
See, that Samaritan, that was one that, that was against the Jews. The Jews and the Samaritans didn't get along. He was a stranger. He came back and he glorified God. He gave God thanks. Look at many of us in the body of Christ. Don't even know how to say thank you, Jesus. We're we supposed to know what he done, but we can't even get up and say thank you, Jesus. First thing that we do, we rush off the work and we give praise to our boss. We give praise to everybody else, but we can't even get up and wave our hands and say thank you, Jesus. You allowed me to see another day. God, evidently there's something else you want me to do in this day. God, that nobody else can help me do but you. So I'm just going to say thank you. God, I got breath in my body. God, I'm not lame. I'm just going to say thank you. God, I thank you. So we got to learn how to thank him. And the more you think about what he's done for you, you should give him thanks. You should give him praise. Yo, it's time for a change. Just like Jesus, guess what he done for us? He cleansed us. His blood cleansed us. He wiped us clean. Darling, I don't know about you, but if I'm clean and I know I smell good, I don't want no stink on me no more. That's why we take showers. That's why we take baths. That's why they give you deodorant and soap and perfume. You can't put perfume on a stinking body. It'll blow up. See, we're trying to put stuff on top of stuff that we ain't got rid of yet. We're trying to hide it. And then when you come, what in the world is that? You think you smelling all good and you got a stench on you. Don't you know that people are walking in the spirit know you got a stench in the sin? Don't you know people can smell sin that's in the spirit? Don't you know that people even know your thoughts are far off? Those that are in the spirit, you talking about them in your mind and you saying, what? Because if they're walking in the spirit, they know where you are. They know your thoughts from afar off. So God is saying it is time for us to recognize who we are. And we need to live according to who we are in the spirit. Yo, guess what? We're from another kingdom. And if we're from above, we don't live like everybody live here on earth. People should see a difference in us. And the only way they can see a difference is if you know who you are. God was um, showing me something as I was looking at Jairus. Did I see Jairus? No, I'm seeing you. Ramon, you know, when we grow up, we're around our parents, right, Ramon? When we're a baby, we around our parents for a long time. But then there comes a time that we got to leave home. Is that not right? So when we leave home, Ramon, we're leaving home based on what our parents taught us, right? And then when we're doing something wrong, you're going to hear daddy or you're going to hear mama, and they're not even there. You're going to hear, Ramon, what did I tell you? Ramon, leave out of there. Ramon, you know you don't supposed to be up in there doing what you're doing. Now, you need to leave up on out of there. Guess what? Because he got them in his heart. That's all he heard when he was growing up. And you can't even enjoy yourself at that party. You can't even enjoy yourself doing what you're doing. You got to leave. Let me tell you something. When you get a relationship with Jesus, God Almighty, and you in this word so much, you can't do what you used to do, y'all, because the word is going to show up and it's going to show out and you're going to drop what you're doing and you leave it. If you're still doing what you're doing, it's because you allowed the word to slip. And you want more of what you're doing than you want him. Y'all, let's just be honest. That's just where I am in my life. Y'all, I can't even stay mad at a person. I ain't lying. I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, is something wrong with me? I said, am I human? I even asked my husband one day. I said, I want to ask you a question. Is something wrong with me? 
I said, be honest with me. Something wrong with me. I had to check myself because so much was going on in my life. I had hate on every side. But I knew what the word was saying, that you would get persecuted and you would go through all this stuff. But I asked my husband, am I crazy? Is there something wrong with me? Am I normal? Because I felt peace. Even in the midst of the hurt, I felt peace. Even in the midst of wanting to wring somebody's neck, I felt the love of God. And I said, God, I know I'm in you and you in me. And y'all, I couldn't even stay mad. Because the Holy Spirit would bring me the word. And I'm like, I ain't got time for that right now. But I couldn't do nothing but take my medicine, Raheem. You know why? Because that's who I am. That's what I live by. And then the Lord would bring me the scripture. And I'm like, love the, okay. I couldn't do nothing but humble myself and do what the word was saying, taking them at his word. They're not going to do like you do. They're not where you are. That don't mean that they ain't saved. They just ain't reached the point that you at. So you got to love them. Talking about them ain't going to help them. Love them. Then I have to go and say, God, teach me. See, this is how I get taught. I can't go to my husband. I got to go to him. And say, God, here I am. I have to lay before him. God, I don't even know what to say no more. I don't know what to do. But God, I'm trusting you. So I have to take him at his word in the midst of my hurt. In the midst of my disappointment. And y'all, when I get in front of my worst enemy, I don't feel guilty. I don't feel like I have to press my way in with them. Why? Because the word is in me. It's rooted in me to the point that I can laugh with you and it's a true laugh. I can smile at you and it's a true smile. I can tell you I love you and I mean it from my heart. Y'all, I'm so tired of people saying they love people and don't even know the love of God yet. Because love don't change overnight. Love you today, hate you tomorrow. As soon as they mess up, I hate you. Why can you hate me and you love me Monday? Because you don't know what love is. So God said, we got to take him at his word that when he tell us to do something, we do it. We don't ask any questions because we trust him. Do you think God's going to let us die in our mess? No, because he's about life. The word quickens you. The word brings life to you. And y'all, when you put the word on and you put it in your ears, I was listening to some healing scriptures. And this is no lie, y'all. Soon as I put the healing scriptures in my ear, I could feel it just go through my body. I'm like, whoo, thank you, Jesus. I received that word. I receive it. It's already mine. Thank you, Lord. See, everything you receive, you begin to give thanks. You begin to give thanks for what you receive. Don't give falsified thanks. Give real thanks. Just begin to thank him for what he's already done. That's why when we go to him in prayer, we believe that we have already received what we're asking for even before we go to him. Because this is the confidence that we have in him. That being that we know what his will is for this situation, I can have confidence in him and know that I already have the petition I have asked him for. I can come to him with a surety and confidence and say, God, it's already mine. Don't you know our father's not going to give us no mess? He's going to give us something that's good. Everything that he created is good. He reminded me of Ezekiel, y'all. Y'all remember Ezekiel and Ezekiel 37, it was some dry bones, darling. Them bones was dry. And God took Ezekiel in the spirit. This is why we need to be in the spirit so we can hear him. How am I in the spirit? When I'm in his word 
And I'm meditating on his word. I'm in the spirit. So Ezekiel, he took him in the spirit. He showed him a valley of dry bones. Can you imagine just dry bones laying there? Nothing there but dry bones. And God began to tell Ezekiel, he said, Ezekiel, this is what I want you to do with these dry bones. So guess what? Ezekiel had to hear what? A word from God, Jennifer. He had to hear what God wanted to do with those dry bones. See, sometimes we try to take it upon ourselves to try to show off and show out and try to go do something God ain't told us to do. See, the spirit of the Lord, he will prompt you. He will tell you what to do with that situation. Don't try to just come up on somebody and do something because you want somebody to see you. No, hear the spirit. If the spirit is saying it, do it. So he told Ezekiel what to do with those dry bones. He told him to speak to those dry bones. But he asked Ezekiel, he said, Ezekiel, can these dry bones live? I like Ezekiel's answer. Lord, you only know. Lord, you only know. So he was trusting who? He was trusting God. So God told Ezekiel, he said, speak to these dry bones. Because he wanted life to come into these dry bones. And as Ezekiel began to do what the word of God told him to do, he took God at his word. Guess what? He, those bones began to rise up. And they became a mighty army. Who was that army? It was Israel. Because Israel was dying. Y'all, some of us in this room is dying today. But God is speaking life in you through the word of God. Because the word is what quickens. The word is what brings you life. And how can you connect to this life? Because he's in you. Jesus is the word. So when the Holy Spirit is hearing the word, the Holy Spirit puts power upon that word. And then you begin to see manifestation from that word. You have to open up and receive what belongs to you. How can we say God can and then go back and say, I don't know if he's going to do it. It ain't happened yet. Y'all, it happened over 2,000 years ago. God's already did it. It's a finished work. The only thing he wants us to do in this room today, no matter what you're going through, no matter what it looked like in your home, on your job, no matter what it looked like, you got to go into this word and you got to take him at his word. You got to say, God, I trust this word more than I trust my circumstances. I trust this word, God, more than I trust myself. God, right now it's not about me. It's about what your word is saying to me. So, God, I lay down every sin and every weight. I lay down everything, God, that will come against me to keep me from receiving this word. It's another incident in the Bible. Why aren't we taking God at his word? God said it's because of unbelief. I'm going to give you something. Nobody that's saved in this room need more faith. I want you to hear what I'm saying. Nobody that's saved in this room need any more faith, need any more power, need any more anything. You got everything you need. It's just operating in what you already have. God has given all of us the measure of faith, the same measure of faith we have. But you see more people operating in more of that faith than other people because they're taking God at his word and they're living what the word is telling them to do. So it looked like you got more faith in me. No, I'm just using what I have because he said, if you got a grain of faith, just like a grain of a mustard seed, you can move a mountain. Do y'all know how, see, if this was a mustard seed in my hand, you couldn't even see it because it's so small. But God said, if you take the faith that I have given you, you can move whatever mountain that's in your life. You don't need a lot of faith. He said, because I have given you my faith. So God, no, his faith will move mountains. So what's stopping us from moving these mountains in our lives? What's stopping us from taking God at his word? Unbelief. 
There was a father who had a son. He was uh, tormented, you know, he was possessed. He was rolling all over the place and he took the son to the disciples, followers of Jesus. The disciples could not heal that son. And he was saying, he said, I took my son to the disciples and they couldn't heal him. And Jesus was telling them that it was because of their unbelief. But before all of that, the father said, I believe, but help my unbelief. You can have faith and unbelief at the same time. Because faith is what you already have. But unbelief is that doubt that you have in you that's stopping your faith from moving through you. So you got to get rid of whatever's in your way, stopping you from getting what God has already provided. So he admitted, I believe, help my unbelief. And guess how we get rid of unbelief? One way is through fasting and prayer. We have to put our bodies under subjection. Guess why those apostles couldn't do it, the disciples? Because they saw that man waddling. You know how when we see something, we doubt? If we don't see nobody, if we don't see no symptoms or whatever, we can always say, man, I'm the healed of the Lord, right? Everybody in here can say, by Jesus Christ, I was already healed because nothing is going on with your body. I know I'm healed. Then when something hits your body, you'd be like, oh, Lord, what's that? Lord, what I supposed to do with that? Then the devil began to project something. He began to give you pictures where you got this. You know, this one had it, so that's what you got. So, you know, you better do this, so you better do that. But then you have to cast down that. And you say, no, 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 no. The word said by Jesus Christ, I was already healed. Healing is the children's bread. I bind every attack and every lying symptom that's coming against my body right now in Jesus' name. You doubt, you do without. And I'm not doing without today. So you cast that down. Unbelief will stop you from taking God at his word. Let me give you something that everybody's familiar with. Broke, busted, and disgusted. Work 80 hours a week, 80 hours every two weeks. Some of us do work 80 hours uh, within a week because we're trying to catch up. Anyway, you work in all those hours, get your paycheck, not enough, right? So the first thing that we do, we look at the paycheck. We add up the bills. Some of us already done added up our bills and know that that paycheck does not meet that need. Is that true? You know what we do? Well, let me see. Um, I'm going to take from here, put here, take from there, do this. I will have 100 left this week. But God's nowhere in the equation. <laughs> We're still trying to penny pitch, right? God's nowhere in the occasion. Well, God going to love me if I don't give him nothing at all. But God want to see if you can trust him with the little that you have. He want to see if you can take him at his word and say, God, you first. I'm giving you the substance of my first fruit. And my barn shall be filled with plenty. My vat shall burst forth with new wine. God, I'm taking you at your word. Though I don't have much left over, God, you will take the little and you will make it much because you are still God. See, when we take him at his word, we don't look at the little that we have. We look to him who's the author and finisher of our faith and say, God, because I give, it is given back to me. Good measures pressed down, shaken together, running over. Shall men give unto my bosom the measure I give, it shall be measured back to me. See, when your heart is open to God, God, you don't even look at 10%. You just open your heart and you give, and it, it'll be more than 10%. See, we don't base our lives on percentages, y'all. See, when they use those 10% in the Bible, God had to give them a, a guideline. But now, today, we give from the heart. And whatever our heart is saying to us, that's what we're going to give. If your heart is saying a dollar, it's because your heart is still hardened. God wants more than a dollar. He's worth more than a dollar. 
But if you are not working and you know, God, I want to give something and you be like that lady with the little mic, God accepts that because he know where your heart is. He look at people heart. If you cringe when you giving your tithe or giving your money, you ain't got there yet. You supposed to give freely. Not out of necessity, not grudgingly. You're supposed to say, this is God's. It's going to always be God's. It don't belong to me. It belongs to him. Here, God, and I thank you, God, that I was well able to do this because if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't even have a job. So see, whatever we put before God, that's who we in covenant with. That's who we in relationship. He said, have no other idols before me. So God want us, y'all, today. To take him at his word. If his word is saying it, that's what we do. That's what we believe. And we go our way, knowing that we already have it. Even when we don't see it in the natural, we know it's already ours in the supernatural. And it's going to begin to manifest itself in the natural. So today, I want to tell Miracle Temple, you have what you say. If you say you in lack, you're going to always be in lack. If you say you're sick, you're going to always be sick. So we got to turn it around. We got to reverse the curse. Because <laughs> see, when you speak negative, you're going to receive negative. When you speak positive, you're going to receive positive. When it look negative, speak positive. That's what you do. If the enemy is trying to put something, you say, that's not true. That's a lie from the pit. How do I know? Because that's not what the Bible says. Do y'all know the enemy tried to turn the word around? And you know why he tried to turn the word around? Because he don't want you to receive what God has already done. Y'all, it's time to come out of the place that we're in. It's time for change, y'all. It's time to take him at his word and say, God, this is what you told me. This is what I'm going to do. And I guarantee you, if you keep doing what the word of God tell you to do, you will see this life that God wants you to have, an abundant life. God want us, y'all, to have an abundant life. How do I know? Because I've been off my job. How many years I've been off my job? 2002. This is 2017. How many years is that? 15? Can y'all imagine being off the job 15 years? And look who's taking care of me. If anybody in Miracle Temple say I have come to you to get along, somebody lying. I'm telling y'all, I had to take him at his word. My husband had to take him at his word. Even when it looked like it's nothing there, I said, uh-uh, God. That ain't what you told me. You told me if I leave mother, father, houses, land, all of this for your sake, I shall receive right now a hundredfold. Now, come on now. That's your word. You can't go back on your word. I'm taking you at your word. You know what I need right now. So, God, it's already mine, and I go my way. I don't go call nobody and say, when I go get my hair done, I don't say, Kimberly, I tell you, it's hard, child. It's hard times. I just ain't going to make it. You think you can give me 50 today? Just 50, that's all. I don't complain. I don't murmur about it. I just go my way. Why? Because I say, God, if I can't trust you, who can I trust? God, I ain't got nobody else I can trust. Because, see, if I go to my daddy all the time, I'd be done broke that bank. So I can't go to people all the time. People can't give you everything, y'all. They get tired of you coming. They'll, they'll say, oh, here she come. Close your door. Hide yourself. But I go to my father, Brother Hayes, and I tell my father, thank you. I already have it. It's already done. 
God, you already done fixed this. God, you already done made a way. And I'm going to give you all this testimony because the Holy Spirit is leading me to do this, to taking God at his word. My daughter, Ariel, we had, well, my husband had found a Honda. And this Honda was tore up from the flow up. So he said, I got a Honda that I found, and it would be good for Ariel. And I'm just going to ask the lady, you know, I'll just mow her grass until I pay off the Honda. I said, okay, that sounds good. Lord, child, when he showed me the Honda, I said, look at this mess in my mind, right? But the Holy Spirit reminded me of where he brought us from and what he'd done for us. And I said, okay, thank you, Lord. We can work with that. So my husband started taking that Honda. He started cleaning that Honda out. He started detailing that Honda. And me and Ariel would go out there and like, oh. But we would help him clean the Honda. The next thing it was, okay, it was a part on that Honda that needed to be fixed, and we didn't have the money to fix it. But I said, God, you done brought us this far, so I thank you for this being fixed. Guess what, y'all? That Honda got fixed. If y'all had saw that Honda before my daughter got it, y'all would have been like, I wouldn't even get in that. I wouldn't even ride in that. My daughter took that Honda, and she drove that Honda for over a year and a half. So I was sitting in my office. And I was studying, no, I was in the bedroom, and I was studying, and all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit said, get another car. Now, let me tell you, I'm taking him at his word, but then I'm in the back of my mind, y'all know how we do, where that money coming from to get another car. I think that Honda is going pretty well. But then the Lord, Ariel, come in the room, and the Lord said, I want you to ask her a question. So I said, Ariel, I said, "Um, can I sell your Honda? She said, Mama, she said, I'm going to college. I ain't going to need a car for a whole year. If you want to sell it, sell it. I'll drive the Escalade. It's no problem. Oh, it just hit me in my heart. I said, what child would tell you to sell their car? Hadn't went to college yet, but she'll drive something else. So the Holy Spirit said, start looking for another car. So I told my husband, I said, I'm going to start looking for another car. So I went all on a woman since Craigslist looking for another car. Y'all was looking for her another Honda. The Holy Spirit said, no, I want you to go past Honda. I'm like, go past Honda. You know, these Hondas are good cars. They're good cars. Y'all, I saw a Lexus IS250 online. Saw the price of the Lexus. I'm like, go bypass that one. We ain't going to mess with that one. Holy Spirit said, go back to that car. Went back to the car. And he said, ask the man, tell the man this is what you want to give him for this car. So I told my husband, I said, the man, this is what we want to give him. He said, okay, I'll take it. I said, okay, God, you heard what he said. Now, when are we going to get the money to get this man? (laughs) Now, I'm I'm telling you the truth. I had to follow instructions, y'all. I had to take him at his word for each step. I said, okay, the man's going to do it. And I said, honey, we'll go get that car tonight. That's what I'm saying. Faith. I said, now, Holy Spirit, tell me, how are we going to get that car? I don't have no money in the bank. I don't know what to do. I'm telling y'all something. God showed us what to do didn't put us in debt, and it paid for the car, paid for the tags, and had some left over. And we took it to my daughter that day, and she said, I thought y'all was going to get me another junk car. (laughs) Why am I telling y'all that? It was step by step by step. And you know what God said? She was faithful over a little. Now I'm going to make a ruler over much. See, this is how our house works. My house don't work on what you have. My house work on what the kingdom has. 
So I have to look to the kingdom for everything that I need, y'all. I'm not lying. Anything that go on, I say, God, how do you want me to handle this? And when God give me the word or give my husband the word, that's what we do. We follow the word. So let me ask y'all something. Who would not want to follow somebody who followed the word? Who would hate somebody that's giving you truth? Come on, truth is what sets you free. Knowing the truth is what sets you free. So all my life, I depend on truth. I've been hated by people because of truth. She don't know what she's talking about. You don't have to do all that to be saved. You can date somebody. You can even sleep with them. Well, go ahead on with your bad self and see what happens. I done gave you the word. Can't give you nothing else. It's okay to have a friend. Yeah, it's okay to have friends, but you have boundaries with that friend. God comes before that friend. No smooching on the lips, because smooching on the lips lead to the hips. Y'all know what I'm talking about. You hold a hand, something jumping. Peter don't know how to stay in his pants. Lucy don't stay tied up. And then you get back in church. You had a Lord understand after three If we're going to take him at his word, let's take him at his word and keep our pants closed. Come on. If you're going to be for God, be for God. And I'm telling you, when you do and you rise up, you're going to cause other people to come in and rise up along with you. And that's going to give people hope. Y'all, we got to take him at his word. We, we have no choice. Look at, the, look at the United States. We have no choice. Because things are getting ready to change. But guess what? Just like God took them, they were in Goshen. The other one was in Egypt. Goshen was still prosperous. Egypt was going through, but God was protecting Goshen. I'm here to tell you, God is your protector. He's your hiding place. Quit talking these politics. Begin to pray. Begin to seek his face. Quit going on what the news is saying and going on what the word is saying because the word already told you what was going to happen. We spending too much time in front of the tube and saying, I told do something. You got the power. You got the authority in you. Man, we waiting on man. Keep waiting on man. See what happens. Man is about money. We're about the kingdom. What, when, when they say something, say, wait a minute, what did the kingdom say? Start speaking kingdom, not in my house. As for me and my house, we're still going to serve the Lord. Start speaking kingdom. And daughter right here, come up here for a second. Yes, ma'am. You bother my spirit. Come here. Start speaking kingdom. Do what kingdom says. Baby, I got something to say to you. Confusion is all around you. And I bind it right now in the name of Jesus, and I loose the peace of God. Baby, one minute is Jesus, and then the next minute, oh, my goodness, is something else. It's time for change in your house, baby. It's time for you to be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the works of the Lord. You hearing Jesus, but you're seeing some other stuff, and it don't work like that no more. You hearing somebody telling you this, God said this, and they're living another life outside of what? Oh, God is tired of what's going on around you, baby. Your heart is crying out.
And being that we receive it, we thank you. We thank you, God, that we are healed. We are delivered. And we have already been set free, God. We thank you. We receive it right now in the mighty name of Jesus. And I'm going to leave this with you. Do not think that God ain't using you. Some people want to be used in this house. You want to be heard in this house. But I got news for you. If you ain't being heard outside this house, what make you think you're going to be heard in this house? It's more people on the outside than people that are coming on the inside. If you ain't doing your job on the outside, what make you think God's going to allow you to come in here and do something? You got to go and be a disciple. Whatever you're learning, you got to go and disciple somebody else. We don't want converts no more. We want disciples. And if you're not out there discipling and your voice ain't heard on the outside, my God, don't you know apostle here on the inside? She ain't going to let nobody come on the inside and try to work something up on the inside when you ain't doing nothing on the outside. Come on, God wants you to do what you're supposed to be doing, discipling. Everybody want to do something. But what you should be doing. He's given us a commission, y'all. He said, go ye. Therefore. And he's telling us we got to go. Whatever you're learning, that's what you go take to other people. This is how you bring other people in to be taught. And the way God got set up the fivefold, he's going to have it set up in the house for the teaching to go on. But our job is to go out of these walls, not trying to come in these walls and do something. We got to go outside of these walls. Y'all, I'm going to tell you, my baby is sleeping. It's time out for people trying to do something God ain't told them to do. It's time out for people to be sneaking behind closed doors and say, come on, let me tell you what God's doing. Come on, let me tell you what God's doing. Let me tell you what God's doing. I got to add a little bit more to that. You don't have to do all that. Just be who God has called you to be. Do it freely. <laughs> don't do it behind closed doors. And then when people come to you and you can't handle a situation, don't call me. You started it, you end it. Handle it, handle it. We give God glory. Come on, give him a hand clap of praise. Isn't God good? He's wonderful. He's awesome. He's worthy. Do we have any visitors in the house today?